right with possibly our our biggest audience ever <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to episode 64 of the fetch everyone weekly podcast and now we all sing the theme to Anyway, so uh, <laughs> FetchEveryone.com is a free website for runners, bikers, swimmers, and everyone else. Some websites put their best features behind a what? Paywall! <laughs> we don't do that. Visit FetchEveryone.com forward slash podcast with your comments, questions, and uh, you know interventions, that kind of thing. Um, oh, we've just got a new new joiner. Yes. So Trin is just about to join the, the meeting as well. So here she comes. Where is she? Oh, there she is. There she is. And so, Tim is looking at us now. Tim, can you hear us? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tim. Fifty seven point five degrees of pain. No, oh, he's, he's gone, gone again. again. Now he's connected to audio. Oh, he's now. Oh, no. I don't know. Anyway, so for those of you who are listening to this but not watching it. Um, we just need to explain why this might be a little bit more of a shambolic uh, podcast than normal. <laughs> it's because we're doing it live over Zoom and we currently have six um, participants who are talking to us and one who's just kind of looking at us. No, but I moment. think you can hear us. Tim, can you hear us now? Because It looks like his microphone's muted. Yeah, have Hang you on. muted him? I, uh, unmute. Tim, have you uh, muted your audio somehow? There, I've unmuted myself. Yay! Oh, brilliant. Whatever you did gave me a, the option to unmute. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know quite why that happened, but um, anyway, it's nice to hear from you. So um, as you are standing there out of breath, I think we might just come to you first and, and find out. Uh, so how come you're out of breath? Okay. Well, I'm... Uh participating in the final of Who Squares Wins in the multi-match, where there's two of us running around like crazy within our Who Squares, win, Who Squares Wins squares, desperately trying to, uh, to beat each other. And my opponent is in Australia, so he oh. tends to do his running uh, in one 12-hour uh, part of the day. And then uh, I'm in Scotland. I'll just show people who are on the video the view. Wow! Uh, the view of the mar a couple of parked uh, oil rigs across the way and uh, and so I'm getting my squares in now and the uh, the final results have to be in by midday today so this is me craftily trying to uh, do a run and uh, and win the game which anybody who plays who squares wins know that what you do on a Monday morning is very important in the uh, uh, in the tactics of the game so and it's also you, a beautiful sunny day so are you going to upload your run? straight away or are you going to just play play possum for a bit and upload it when uh, well this will be, it, be interesting i'm certainly not going to be doing it at five to twelve just in case okay. so, uh, in the semi-final of the game i did end up because i was i was late out running i was literally running along virtually setting up the upload as i was running so i'm hoping <laughs> to be a bit more organized today excellent so is this your first time in the final I was in the final, uh, the last game as well, but the last game I was basically hanging on by my fingertips and got absolutely hammered. Whereas this time with the, uh, it's the perfect uh, time of year for me. I'm not working uh, most days because of the lockdown. The uh, the ticks haven't, uh, and the uh, uh, 
The nettles, which will take over half the places I can run at the moment, haven't taken over yet. And the weather's been absolutely fantastic in Scotland. So it's my one opportunity to go absolutely nuts on the, uh, on the running for a week. Excellent. So are you in a good position in, in score terms? Well, hopefully. We, we've been very close. Every, uh, every night I upload and go into the lead, and every morning I wake up and, uh, and the Australian has, uh, has uploaded his, and he's back in the lead. So who knows? It's probably one of the more competitive uh, finals. But so, it depends. I'm, I'll try and be crafty, and I'll try and win it. For, uh, as, we, as I put on, the, uh, on the, the forum about who squares wins yesterday, this is the only form of the ashes you're getting this summer. So uh, <laughs> we'll hope that the UK can beat Australia. Well, I'm sure there'll be a massive audience for the, for the, for the thrilling finale of that. But, um, so uh, do you think your, your opponent, it's JCB, isn't it, who you're playing? Yes. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the... Who squares wins obsessives? He keeps the the uh, stats, and I bet he's got some crafty uh, uploading planned. So uh, I've just got to do my best. It's it's amazing the way that um, when I I put the games up and I, I try and keep the rules relatively simple, but people always seem to find loopholes, <laughs> tactics, um, dark magic, anything to <laughs> to try and score more points or to win the game that I. I didn't even think was possible. So, it's no wonder cheating goes on in elite sports when, uh, when at least not cheating, but uh, but <laughs> strong tactics go on even in uh, in a little amateur game on fetch. I, I wasn't uh, taking uh, um, umbrage at the word cheating there. I was taking umbrage at the fact that you said that uh, who squares wins is not an elite sport. <laughs> I <beg to> differ. <laughs> Well, this, uh, given the lack of other sports, I think for me that it pretty much has been this week. It's the only thing that's been keeping me uh, motivated to get, get out in the last few weeks. Oh, that's good to hear. So are you back at, at your, your house now? Nope, I'm, I'm still out partway on my run. So as soon as uh, I'll, uh, I'll log off for a bit and, uh, and progress a little bit further. Still got a few more miles to get in before midday. Excellent. Okay. But at the moment, I've got the most scenic bit because I'm running down the seashore. Lovely. Lovely. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll let you get on and we'll have a, a little chat to everyone else. But uh, I guess you can sign into the meeting a bit later on if you want and let us know how you've, how you've progressed. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Best of enjoy luck. The, uh, enjoy the rest of the podcast, folks. I'll bring you to Good luck. Good luck. Lovely. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. We just can't see you. That's all. I don't know whether or not you've. Uh... What do I need to do? Hang on. I'll do ask to start video. Hey. Okay. So where are we? Normally we just go. Should you do this bit now, or like yeah, so, and then we edit that bit out? Well, we're so. on the bit where we talk about training, aren't we? And yeah. we were going to have a little brief chat about what we've been up to this week. And um, do you want to go first with yours? What what's what's happened with you this week? Yeah, so three runs. Um, the first one was with Stephen on Monday or Tuesday, I think. And then um, on Wednesday, I got my first time in ages going to see my boy. Um, so on Thursday morning, I got up before him because he's sleeping until about 11 o'clock. And I did laps around the block, uh, 13 laps to make 10K. So, um, And weirdly enough... Uh, after my run 
yesterday, I've come home with a tight calf. So it seems to follow every time I do one of these multi-lap runs, I come home with a tight calf. But in my defense, I did anti-clockwise and hurt the right calf on the first multi-lap run I did. And then I did clockwise and also hurt the right calf. So I'm taking that as it's not related. Next time you'll have to alternate your laps, clockwise, anti-clockwise, etc. Yeah. And see if you hurt neither calf or still the right or one. Or both calves <laughs> at the same time, ping, ping. Yeah. yeah. I, but I did do a treatment yesterday. So he's had a little treatment on it and I'm going to treat it, which is very exciting for me to be treating someone. So that's also been a bonus for me, but not so much of a bonus for you. No. Uh, um, but yeah, so... We've had a sort of a weird week with training because Ian went away um, and I had Stephen to run with on Friday. And Stephen, I don't know if any, has anyone else got dogs? And are your dogs acting strangely during the lockdown? No, I'm getting mostly shaking heads. Our dogs are acting strangely, aren't they? Especially in, Stephen. In fairness, Stephen was acting strangely before the lockdown. <laughs> I mean, he's... But he's become very... He stares at people, doesn't he, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing this thing. So when I took him out on Friday, we ran past a runner who was a, a, a really sort of slow and steady runner. And Stephen and I ran past him. And then we were ahead of him then for about another three quarters of a mile with him still in view. And Stephen wouldn't stop staring at him. And what that means when you're running with Stephen is that he's dragging back on the lead all the time. So it's like a form of resistance running, which is not, it's not pleasant. He so, seems fully capable of being able to run whilst looking over his shoulder as well. Yes, yes. So he's running and like he's looking back at this person, but it's dragging me back. So, um, but my running weirdly has gone well this week. It's like Ian and I can't be in sync with our running both going well. Yeah, um, there's only so many running credits available in this house and you're spending <laughs> them at the moment. I'm getting them. I'm getting the running credits. Yeah. Um, and I've done five yogas, I think, this week. So is anyone else doing the yogas? Trin, do you, you do yoga? Yeah. Don't you? yeah. Yeah. How's it going for you? Yeah, it's, it's good, actually. I've... Um... I started with Adrian in, on the January um, home sessions that she was doing, which I think you have been doing, haven't you, Katie? Yeah, yeah. Then I continued because she does her calendar every month. So I continued with February and March, and now I'm on April. So okay. I'm aiming to repeat the year. Wow. Okay, so are you doing it every day and doing exactly the one that she's saying each day? No. <laughs> okay. No. I, <laughs> I'm kind of trying to keep, as close as I can to the calendar, but but I, I yoga every other day. So some days I double up and when it's a long one, I'll do that one. And then some days I might even do three sessions. So, okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when, so yesterday I did a, something like a 20 minute one and the next one, the next day's one was a 15 minute one. And I, I nearly did both of them, but I decided not to in the end. But you, it is quite nice that you can do that. And sometimes I find sort of two consecutive ones fit together really nicely on one day. Like they yeah. really complement each other. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing you, I think you were going to talk us through, Trin, was your your lap. So did you want to show us yeah. your lap? or And your ninja you outfit, please. <laughs> yes. I'll take you around my lap then. Okay, so this is, a, and obviously um, some people are going to be listening to this podcast, so I'll do a 
kind of a commentary at the same time. Yeah. It's, yeah, I can't just like walk around it. And... All right, so here we go. This is the start line. The start line there. There is an actual start line. That's fantastic. Yeah, this is the start line. Yeah. Is that your so, dog? Yeah, I'll walk down here. Sorry? Is that your dog? So I walk down. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, wow. Gillen. So I walk down past the front of the house and get to the end here. Turn around. That's the little road down there. Oh, that's pretty. Turn around. Come back across the front of the house. And then we take a left here. Go through a little gap in the wall. We go around. So if I if I trip, then I could end up in the pool and then I'd be in trouble. Yeah, please don't, so. please don't trip. <laughs> That's another left. It's a very blue looking swimming pool for here. listeners. And then I get the longest straight bit. The longest straight bit to the end. So along here, past this tree here, which is the there's just bees all through it. Anyway. So along here, then I can take a left or a right. So I can go generally turn right here. Around the terrace. Left. And then along here. And then a left again. And then we're almost back to where we started past the tree with the bees. Back <laughs> through the little gap in the wall. Oh, wow. And back to the start line. And that's my lap. Wow. Well, yeah. You see all that? Lovely. Yeah, your house is amazing. <laughs> You've got your balustrades. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that lap is about 0.05 of a mile. And yesterday I did 50. Oh. <laughs> and I got three miles. Wow, that's Blimey. amazing! I know there's a few there's a few fetchies who are doing this. So Elsie too is also doing laps of her garden, and I follow her training. And it literally just looks like someone's taken a pen and done a big scribble on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's doing couch to five k in her back garden at the moment. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hello. Sorry. Hello. <laughs> it's autumn leaves. Hey. Hello. Good to see you all. Well, good to exciting. Thanks for joining us. We've we have started and we've done a little bit of talking about training. Um, so okay. I think we were going to talk to you, but we'll, we'll let you get your breath a minute um, because we also want to talk to Cora. Do you want to? Yeah, Cora. So um, I think you you were going to talk about how your training has changed. Um, do you have a have you got a lap like trends or are you? Facing other challenges, or what's going on? I'm managing to get out fairly local. Um, I'm trying to stay as close to the house as possible because I've I've been in since about the 16th of March. Um, due to my asthma and stuff like that, everybody said to me, "No, you should stay in." So I've been going slightly demented, but managing to get out. Uh, most of my races have been now cancelled. So the things that's been keeping me going has actually been the treasure hunt. Yeah. It forces me out the door. Excellent. <laughs> so there's been a lot of treasure hunting going along and there's been a few running club challenges. I know Scottish Athletics have put a few challenges out. 
for 5K and the latest one this weekend is a 15-minute challenge. So it's run as, you, as far as you possibly can in 15 minutes. So there's been a few of those going on and there's, uh, there's, there's usually a bit of competition with the, the running club anyway between the, the lads and the, and the girls. So <laughs> see, see who can get farthest or, or do yeah. the... We had um, one club member ended up running his offshore, so he did laps of the helideck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's been some unusual entries, but a lot of it's just trying to be trying to, to have been scheduling things. I um because I'm working from home, I'm absolutely rubbish and can't seem to schedule my day at all. So I went a bit nuts with Google Calendar last night and did the most beautiful scheduling for, <laughs> for all the weeks to come and put in specific outdoor exercise time. I'll add any planned training sessions I've got to that. And once we've got the new treasure hunt, I'll actually add a specific treasure hunt item to that as well. So it forces me out the door. Reminders, anything you can to just get you outside. I mean, we've had unprecedented gorgeous weather up here in Scotland, so it's yeah. just starting to turn now typically. But then again, a run in the rain will be nice as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's just trying to keep moving and keep motivated because uh, you know that everything's going to happen next year now, so you can't really sit in your laurels at all. You've got to keep keep ticking over or next yeah. year's going to be a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Your scheduling sounded a lot like um, when you're in the build-up to exams and you do yourself a lovely schedule to and you colour it in and it's all... <laughs> Revision timetable. <laughs> And it's very therapeutic, just, just laying stuff out, even if you don't quite manage to, to hit all your targets, just sort of putting it all together. Um, but yeah, so that sounds like a, a good idea, really, to, 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 to get a plan. And yeah. I know um, Katie sort of finds, or has, has found it hard to sort of find yeah. things to do during the day. Um, so having a, a, some sort of plan. But definitely on the days when I... I fit exercise in and especially outside exercise, I feel so much better. I definitely have a, a higher level of mood on those days. And so on the days when I'm not actually running, I'm making sure that the dog walk is nice and long and and you know, just making sure I get those those moments outside in the sun or even not in the sun, just to make sure that I'm soaking in the fresh air a bit really. It really does help my mood. Are you finding that, Cora? Definitely. I was I kind of been looking around and neighbours saying, who's got a dog? You know, that I can get yeah. out and take out for a walk just for any excuse to get out because it's so um, easy to just start not wanting to. And I've, I've been a bit, the last couple of weeks, this week's been bad. I've been sort of almost wanting to, to shut myself away and be a bit of a hermit. Um, but I kind of had a, I had a bit of a, a talk with myself yesterday and it's like, right, come on, we, we need to do this. So that's, that's when the old Google Calendar came in and yeah, I had, I had to Google how to change it, but you know that's what Google's for. So <laughs> I had fun with that last night, and I've, I've now got the most beautiful colours and a lovely scheduling reminder set. The lot I've even got a reminder, setting up bedtime reminders, just to make sure I'm getting proper sleep and sort of not getting out of cycles with with sleep, because your rest's obviously really important if you are doing a lot of training, yeah, and just even just for your general health as well. So it's just trying to to make sure that nothing slips and trying to keep as much of a routine as possible. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that sounds like you 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 had a bit of a tough time and you've done something really proactive to kind of bring yourself out of it. So well done because that's not always easy when you are feeling a bit in the doldrums. It's a little bit difficult, isn't it, to pick yourself out sometimes. So Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's the support I've had through friends and fetches has been phenomenal. So, you know, you guys are the ones that kind of get me out the door as well because wow. you just there there's always someone there with a little bit of a kind word a little bit of a support or you know the virtual kick up the backside if you need it yeah yeah I know absolutely I'm so I'm really pleased that you managed to do that but do keep just coming and finding someone on fetch and if you need us just we're here and and lots of people are here so yeah and we're going to talk a little bit more about that with Chris in a bit aren't we about buddying and things yeah but, um, absolutely um autumn leaves or ellie do you do you feel ready to have a chat with us now i know you've you've you're a little bit sort of uh just rushed into the meeting with your cup of coffee and yes your... <laughs> i've got my cup of tea yeah tea. Okay. <laughs> you've been doing something with garmin haven't you yes so um initially i looked at this plan because um it fitted in very neatly it's 12 weeks long and it took me to what should have been the start of um, the tour of Merseyside, which was my kind of big event for the year, um, which is a, a multi-day uh, event, six races um, over the course of a week. Um, it, of course, it's now been cancelled. Um, yeah. But I thought oh. I would stick with the plan anyway, and it's from the Garmin um, training plans mm -hmm. bit of the Garmin website, and it's um, just called Get Fitter. Uh, and it's the intermediate level one is the one I'm doing um, so it's based on four runs a week um, the long run is never longer than uh, I think it maxes at about 90 minutes um, and the others are one sort of very easy short run excuse the grandfather clock um, and uh, then a couple of interval sessions <laughs> Uh, which, but it's all basically based on heart rate. That's what's made it different for me. Um, okay. So everything's obviously kind of pre pre planned and pre programmed, and um, it's sent through to your watch. So on any given day, I basically put my watch on, um, load up training the training calendar, hit the right day, and it will um, tell me what I'm supposed to be doing that day. Um, and the watch just I hit start off I go and it beeps at me until I'm in the right zone um, and tells me I'm not working hard enough or will tell me I'm working too hard um, and um, I've found for me keeping up a level of intensity for the interval training in particular actually having the watch sort of tell me what to do has made it easier I think if I just I could have planned it myself and I'd have had it sitting on my plan. But I think particularly just this last couple of weeks, heading out and thinking, right, I'm going to run really hard for eight minutes and then I'm going to have a two-minute break. I think I would have got midway through the first eight minutes and thought, oh, do you know, this is just <laughs> too much like hard work. Let's just do a steady run instead. And, and I, I wouldn't have done it. But there's something about having, you know, another piece of technology if you like telling you what to do 
and yeah. it just means I've kind of stuck to it and I've, I've definitely worked harder than I would have done otherwise I think um, and and I've quite enjoyed it it's been a bit different for me because I, I haven't I've not really used heart rate particularly as a as a training tool and um, I'm having my ups and downs with it um, but I feel do feel fitter and I'm only uh, three weeks in um, okay. but I, I can definitely sort of see a bit of a difference already um, Excellent. So, yeah it's, so, so it's good it's, it's been good so um, hopefully I'll stick with it do you have a um, the chest strap or do you have the, the monitor on your No, wrist? so I've got the Garmin 235, so it is only wrist-based, so I, I know I have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But I think for what this, the purposes of this plan, I think it's probably good enough. It's It, it just puts you in particular zones. Um, the main issue um, that I have, and Fetch has been really helpful because there are inevitably people much more knowledgeable than me uh, on the site who've been looking at what I've done and, and you know, sort of uh, letting me know that I don't need to worry quite so much, actually. I think you could get really bogged down in the analysis of it all and, um, and I, you know, I'm sort of feeling a little bit more relaxed than I was if I don't necessarily hit the right zone straight away or because obviously, you, you know, you, you kind of can't. You've got to give your heart a bit of a chance to, to get faster and then slow down again. Um, um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a bit different. So. Are you finding that your um, your paces tend to be fairly consistent with the the heart rate? I mean, what I mean by that is your perceived effort and your pace and your heart rate are they sort of tending to fit together? Um, broadly, but what's interesting is that, and it's it's really obvious when you say it out loud but it it makes it so clear that as a run goes on and particularly for the the longer um sort of easy run at the at the weekend which is meant it's a set time and it's in zone two by the time I get to the to the end of that run I cannot run at the same pace for the same amount of heart rate I have to slow down um even though I actually I feel okay and I don't I don't feel as if I'm massively overdoing it or getting really, really tired, but it, it's, I have to let that pace drop. And I think that's quite an interesting demonstration of, of how you do get fatigued and therefore, um, you know, sort of in the, in the longer run, if I'm looking at, at, at pacing myself over, say, a half marathon, to be more aware of, of easing into that kind of final few miles where you are tired. Yeah, and so you have to work harder in order to hold your pace, and it, it kind of makes that really obvious. Um, and you, I suppose, you just have to accept that that's one of those things. And it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm used to beating myself up if I can't if I can't hold a pace, and you know, kind of um, feeling that that's that's not good enough. And it, but it, it just sort of manifestly demonstrates that your body has to do that otherwise you're not going to make it to the end um so that's yeah, really interesting it's, it's kind of lets you off the the hook in a way well not lets you off the hook but it kind of just physically demonstrates to you what's happening to your body and why you need to be able to let that happen yeah. your body is struggling exactly yeah. it is it is and um so for example yesterday's long run the two in the last um sort of two and a half miles that there's, there's quite a steady incline 
Um, and I, I really had to slow down in order to keep my heart rate below in, into the, the sort of zone two. And it, it, it's kind of, you know, it's not that I can't run fast enough to get up the hill. It's that I need to watch that I'm not overdoing it. Um, and it, it's, it's quite interesting. And you're right, it does, it kind of explains it for you in, in, in a sense so that you don't feel, oh, I'm just not very fit. And it's, yeah. you know, well, it's not that. Right. So you've been working quite hard for an hour already. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, well, the the reason I was asking about the the chest strap versus the the wrist uh, heart rate is I've I've over the last two or three weeks I've started um, taking a heart rate monitor out with me, and mine is a chest strap, and I've tried literally everything to try and get a good signal on it, um, but the data I'm getting off it is is completely sort of meaningless because. Um even though I'm running at a consistent pace, um, I've got yeah. like the, the high is 208 and the low is 112 or something. I've tried tightening the strap. I've tried soaking it. I've tried Katie's ultrasound gel. Um, I've tried, you know, facing West and asking help from <laughs> Wales. Um, uh, so, oh, wow. okay. so the, the numbers it's been giving me are, are quite noticeably sort of, all over the place um so i'm actually hankering after a, a wrist-based one so because i my experience of those in the past is that they've been they've been pretty good so um yeah yeah well i i, I um i don't know i mean I, I i i feel that this is okay i mean occasionally it throws the odd it throws the odd wobbly um but actually mostly for these runs it's um it it feels about right, and and I when I look at the when I look at what's happening afterwards, I can sort of recognise. Yeah, at that point, I was feeling a bit like I was really overdoing it, and the and I can see that the, the heart rate was quite high. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, the, the main um, the main issue for me is the the kind of the the recovery bits. I, I find particularly in the more intense interval sessions, I but the cumulative fatigue is. It's quite something. By the time I get to the end, I just feel like I haven't really got anything left now. I am absolutely dead on my feet. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Thank you very much for talking us through that. And I think that's quite something that a few people could have a a look at that because quite a few people have got garments, haven't they? I don't know whether the other the other watchmakes do that sort of thing as well, but sounds like a good motivational tool. Um, So. Who have we got next? We have got Ian talking about Fetch Point with Mrs. Jinks. It's like Cluedo. Hello, in, Mrs. Jinks. In the drawing room with the candlestick. Hello. So, so where are you today? Are you in your living room? Yeah, I am. Sitting in comfort. Excellent. So have you been out today or are you planning it or is it a rest day or what? Um, it's a rest day as far as running is concerned. But I will go out for a walk later because I'm trying now to get myself out every day or near enough every day, depending on how much work I'm doing outside in the garden and in the shed. So if I'm doing hard work, then I probably don't go out. Um, But, yeah, it's a walk day today, so I should be after that bug. Excellent. So so you've been been doing some fetch pointing, the game. Yeah, Um, I used to play fetch point a lot um and who squares wins and then I reached the stage where I felt like they were ruling me rather than I was going out for the fun of it so I quit both 
both those games yeah. um, maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. Actually, talking about Fetch Point, um, the first time I met Barefoot M and I Shep was a, a yeah, you remember, was at a park run. We'd gone on a tourist park run, Jigs and myself. I think Jigs had hoovered up all the flowers belonging <laughs> to uh, belonging to Emma. And I, I'm not sure she's forgiven us yet. Yeah. Christmas Day at Chicken Sudbury. Yes, that's right. Yes, quite a long time ago now. I think we were it doing was. A, yeah. Christmas yeah. or New Year tourism that we generally do. But yeah, so so we've enjoyed Fetch Point quite a lot in the past, but I, I quit it because I didn't want it to rule me. I wanted to have the fun of it. But with the lockdown, I lost motivation for going out. In fact, I was, I've got no underlying health issues, so there's no reason for me to be more concerned than the next person. But I find myself a bit reluctant to go out and walk or go out and run. And one week I'd only done a five mile run. And that's really not, that's really not good that's enough not for me to maintain fitness. Yeah. And so I thought, hey, I'm going to rejoin Fetch Point to give me a purpose to get out there, go looking for a bug, earn some points, and get myself back motivated to running again. So, hence, I signed up to the game again. So, it's been really, yeah, it's really good, I think, having all these games available. It, it does give motivation. And I find actually listening to other people here today so far, um, I'm not alone in having been reluctant to go out and face the world and, and be motivated to run and whatever. So, yeah. so it's been quite, it's quite interesting to hear that other people have felt pretty much the same. Oh. Yeah, you're definitely not alone, Catherine. I think a lot of people have felt like that, even though, you know, the, the rational thinking would be, I'm, I'm not in a higher risk or I'm not this or I'm not that. But there's definitely, I think, a lot of people feeling um, fearful um, and certainly I've seen that on social media posts from people you know that you wouldn't normally sort of imagine to 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 have those sort of fears and you know the, the thought of being close to people and I've I felt it as well the thought of being close to people feels really strange at the moment I mean obviously apart from this one who I'm quite happy to be nice and close to but yeah I, I think and I and I think reading some of the threads on Fetch as well it's it's clear that people are quite anxious so um, but I'm really glad you found Fetch Point and come back to that. And what's your score at the moment? Are you are you winning it? Are you positive on Fetch Point positive? Um, because I've I've started back again with a zero, um, because I've been going out most days, I'm moving up the ranks quite quickly, which is quite quite pleasing. I did have a look to see where I was today, but I've forgotten. I think it's in the sixties anyway. Oh, so yeah, oh. so I'm coming up through the ranks. Excellent. I've, in general, I've seen um, most of the games are seeing an increase in people doing them just because there are no events to do. Um, people are looking for, like you said, reasons to to get out and, and a bit of motivation and a bit of a bit of a challenge. So um, it's just nice that they they they're there. I mean, I didn't have any of this in mind, but but you know when I made the games, but it's just <laughs> just lucky really that they you are. Figured uh, that there was going to be a global pandemic. No, Katie. <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, anyway, you hadn't watched Outbreak. You haven't watched no, any of no. those. 
We've noticed that there's a certain sort of uh, genre of films on Netflix that keep getting into our recommended list and it's always like, you know, the, the horrible virus or the, the zombies yeah. or something like that. But mm. Anyway. So you're mainly sort of chasing the bugs then, Catherine. Is that your strategy? I'm, or? I'm chasing the bugs. Um, I think there's only one other player local to me and that's not Jigs. He's not, he's not rejoined yet. Yeah. So uh, Turkish plays the game or at least he's yeah I'm not sure how well he goes out looking for his bugs because there seem to be quite a few around there so it's quite nice for me because I get to uh, infect them <laughs> and <laughs> increase my points and, and because he doesn't seem to be looking it too closely um, I've managed to get all the um oh, what the traffic lights yeah the traffic lights are close to me so every time he goes out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he scores me points, which is which is really nice. But I've noticed that the um the thread had gone a bit ballistic as well. So there's a lot more people seems to be uh joining in with playing fetch point now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a it's a good motivation for people, isn't it? And the other game that's on there is Trader, of course, and I have to have to make sure that I get out and do a certain amount of mileage because Beanie is a real toughie. She's just, she just dumps me. Yeah. I don't keep up my mileage, so I've got to have some sort of <laughs> some sort of motor to keep going. Excellent. Well, it's really um, nice that you've found those things, and it's also really nice to hear you talking quite competitively because that's the Mrs. Jiggs I know. She's a competitive <laughs> lady. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a bit of a shame that all the races have, um, yeah, gone and fallen by the wayside. And I was, I was training, I was doing a marathon as a training for training for my autumn marathon, which is yeah. or should be Chicago. But yeah. whether that happens or not, we shall see. And I'm not even entirely sure that I'm ready to face big crowds, anyway. So yeah. I just sort of go with the flow. It doesn't really matter either way. Yeah, but I need to keep I need to keep my mileage up. So I set myself I I need to run at least four times a week, and I need to walk once or twice a week because um I can't do seven days if I want to keep. I've started doing a lot of gardening, so I want to give time to that. So um my objective is to do at least twenty five miles per week running, and if I can make that up to thirty, then that's good. Excellent. Very good. That's awesome. Cool. So where were we? What, 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 what? Next. Chris. You're talking Chris. to Chris Hello. about um, <laughs> following people's training. We both follow Chris's training, don't we? And we try and get onto it really quickly as soon as it's been uploaded to the site. We, we both like to get on there and comment quite quickly. It's quite fun, scaring Chris. He looks as though he's frozen he at us? the moment. Are you there, Chris? Yes, I'm here. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, our, our video shot of you is is a very sort of still uh, oh, fingers go, clasped. There he is. He's, He's moving, moving again. Um, so yeah, we we like videos in front of me without moving. <laughs> so we we like turning up on your training pretty much the second you've logged it and and saying something just to put the frighteners up you. But um, before I've even got it on there, I think it's you've got an alarm like you said in your kitchen, klaxon that goes off. It's yeah. true, it's true, yeah. Um, but it's kind of nice that, I mean, I know you, you comment on mine and Katie's training quite a bit as well, and, and we try and comment on yours. Um, and that follow button is, is obviously, that's how we're doing it. It's not a cla actually a klaxon. Um, yeah, so how many people are you following, do you think? 
Um, That's put you on the spot. Le- yeah, less, less now than I was because uh, lack of racing, lack of training for the, the marathon that, uh, that we're going to do. Um, I think there's four or five people that I'm currently following training of. There's um, more when we're marathon training and um, I, my little nemesis is, if you like, where I was wanting to improve them or up with them or um, they were slightly younger or slightly older than me that were slightly forming better than I was and uh, my aim was to try and improve to beat them. We're struggling to hear you a little bit. I think yeah. we're sort of missing every fourth word it, it feels like. but um, We lost the little end bit that you just said, the very last I sentence. said it was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ask it. <laughs> yeah it's nice it definitely feels like um it it sort of gives me some motivation for the next one when i when i get some responses like straight off um so every time we have the christmas calendar i always try and include a, a challenge to to follow some people just to get people mixing together and and, and keeping an eye on each other a little bit um so you've been You've been doing a little bit of sort of chatting to people as well. Um, I know you you've been talking you've been talking to Trin, is that right? Yeah, on the podcast forum um, a week or two back, there was just a little comment from Trin that uh, climbing the wall. Um, he'd only got at running on the spot a company, couldn't leave the boundaries of her own property. And shopping once a fortnight and only talking to the uh, person on the account. So uh, it was just something I thought of during the moment. And having only met him once at the BBC for his challenge, um, I thought, well, we ended up on hours Facebook friends and I had a FaceTime call. And so uh, Put a face in front of her, perhaps not one she wanted to look at, but uh, put a face in front of her that uh, she could actually see somebody else for a change instead of just running on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Very, um... Having seen Trin's lap, she, when she said she was uh, climbing the wall, I think that's actually part of her her, her lap of the house. So. <laughs> And I didn't see all of the uh, lap because uh, the, the video froze a little bit, but uh, I know she's a little bit cautious around by the pool, which you yeah. mentioned when uh, we were chatting on yeah. FaceTime. You don't want an accidental aquathlon. No, I, mean, I think uh, Trin's actually going to run that lap with armbands on because she doesn't <laughs> like the water. <laughs> well, so, and how's your training going, Chris? You, Better you, than it was, getting back out there, four runs a week, um, being cautious, doing a couple of recovery runs um, around, uh, as you've named it, my uh, field of dreams. Um, it's three fields um, all together, uh, totaling a 1.2-mile lap. So I get out there and do a couple of laps of that and uh, home again. Um, it's just nicely adding up, trying to force myself out there and uh, in actual fact it was Katie that commented um, and gave me the kick up the backside that I needed to uh, get back out there and get running. I, th- I think it, I was frightened of going back out running um, again and 
my shin had been swollen, which is why I'd, sw- I'd stopped running. And uh, I was frightened of getting back out there again and uh, it coming back. Mm. And uh, it was Katie that uh, gave me the kick up the backside that I needed to uh, go out. So I've been cautious since. Uh, all my runs were on initially on on grass or once I'd got there on the grass and I've gradually introduced a couple of road runs in the week. So uh, now I'm two road runs and two recovery runs. Uh, still cautious on the mileage, but uh, longing to get out there and do a longer run, but uh, I'd say cautious about it. Yeah. And and how's your hip feeling? Is it okay? Um, after eight hours on it last night, uh, now it aches a little bit, but uh, it will improve. I know it will. I think that's only happened because I've been squatting in a hole trying to dig out shrub and tree roots over the last few days. Yeah, classic gardening injury. Yeah. Yeah, I should have been out there waving to Trin in Spain, but uh, it was Costa del Boston digging up shrubs. <laughs> if we just interrupt you for a second, Chris, because we've got a, an incoming outside broadcast from 57.5 degrees of pain. Um, he's still smiling. Can you hear us? Still got blue sky. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's, just, uh, it's a little bit windier now. It is. I'm going to try and find myself a sheltered spot so you can put my audio off and I'll, uh, I'll hopefully find somewhere to hide behind a bit. All right, catch you in a minute. Okay. So, Chris, um, so your, your training's got back to it and you were one of the people aiming to do Boston Marathon, the, the, the UK Boston, the Costa del Boston Marathon. Yeah. Um, are you looking into the future and, and thinking, will it be an autumn marathon? I guess not with the, the volume that you're doing at the moment, but are you thinking there will be autumn marathons or do you think it'll be next spring? Or What's your prediction um, for the future, Chris? I've changed the Boston Marathon. I was going to do it in September, but uh, I've moved it back to April next year now. Yeah. Um, build my mileage up again um, and hopefully stay injury-free and um, target Boston next year. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds really sensible, actually. That's cool. Yeah. Should we see if we can come back to Tim? Yes, I might still be a bit windy. (laughs) Too much information. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Tim? How are you going with the squares, do you think? I didn't quite hear that. Oh, I said, how are you doing with your squares? Oh, I've uh, finished my squares for uh, for the day now. I'm heading home. Okay. So what's your feeling? Are you going to be the uh, conqueror? We will see how crafty JCB is. <laughs> and uh, I suspect that given that he's a, a Who Squares Wins master, I think he may have something crafty up his sleeve as well. Yeah. He might be asleep right now, but he might have one of those sort of nodding bird things pressing the button on his Garmin <laughs> just to... Uh, I think it. Uh, I think midday is probably uh, kind of breakfast time for him. So uh, he probably gets up and, uh, and plots something dastardly to win. Yeah. <laughs> well, fingers crossed for you. Um, I'm trying to be neutral, but we're all rooting for you. Come on. Yeah. You've got this. Definitely. Right. Well, we've been, Where have we got? We've got two more fetches to hear from, actually. Uh, am I counting right? Yes. And they've been waiting incredibly patiently. 
And we are going to hear from Barefoot M now. And um, this is going to be no major surprise to you, but Barefoot M is going to talk to us about barefoot running. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your little journey into this, this un, sort of still quite unusual thing to do? Uh, yeah, okay. So um, I came back to running in late 2011 after being given a place, getting a ballot place in the London Marathon. Okay. I was very much not a runner, very overweight, very unfit, ate badly, drank too much, just all, all the rubbish. Um, but I'd got a ballot place and I was uh, going to prove everybody wrong and uh, show them that I could run a marathon. So I went to, first stop was to go to a running shop, uh, which was a horrific experience. Um, they looked me up and down and kind of said, well, you're not a runner. Um, oh, no. sold me some, oh, it was terrible. It was, it was absolutely horrible. Um, and they sold me some shoes, which were very pretty. And um, I'm sure they would work for a lot of people, but they, they made my feet hurt. Um, kind of my arches were really, really sore. After about half a mile of um, heavily pounding the streets, uh, so I was I was having a little bit of physio um, on my shoulder, I think, um, because uh, I am hypermobile, so I dislocate quite easily. And I was having physio via my GP on my shoulder, and I happened to mention to to the physiotherapist, you know, my, my feet are really sore. I've I'm trying to take up running. Uh, and she said, oh, no, 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 no. A hypermobile person shouldn't be running. It's really bad for you. You know, you, you will be dislocating all kinds of joints and, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really not a good idea. Um, and, you know, and, and the shoes will be, will be kind of restricting, restricting the movement of the foot, which, which is probably why it's, why it's sore. Your, your feet are used to having all this additional flexibility. Um, if and I, and I said to her, "Well, I've got this place in the marathon. I'm I'm going to do it. Um, I need to find a way of of getting through this. You know, other people who are hypermobile do run, so therefore, um, I am sick to the back teeth of people telling me that you can't do this because of this reason or that reason. Whatever. I'm I'm stubborn and and I wanted to do it. So she mentioned to me that um, it might be worth me trying to start my training uh, with no shoes at all." Um, running around my back garden completely barefoot, which I thought was bonkers because everything I'd read talked about having the best possible shoes and you know support and padding. And I'd been backwards and forwards to this running shop, and they'd sold me insoles and and all kinds of stuff to kind of really uh, rigidly hold my feet in in a position that they thought was best. Um, so I did some research and I found um, the Vivo Barefoot website um, and the Merrill Barefoot website. Uh, Merrill don't really do barefoot shoes anymore. Uh, Vivo still do. Um, and I found a shop in Bristol that sold Merrill Barefoot shoes. And I went in there and said, hi, you know, I'm still massively overweight and don't look like a runner and, and all this kind of thing. And they were a bit more friendly, um, but they were not keen on me buying barefoot shoes um because it was it's something you have to transition into slowly and they they were it, it seemed almost like it was this secret society that I'd stumbled upon and 
and you know oh no you're you're not a real runner you're not a runner yet and you can't possibly be thinking about doing this secret thing with barefoot running but okay try a pair on and hop on the treadmill um and so I did and it was like magic I've I was able to run slowly plod slowly on this treadmill with zero pain at all um and the guy in the shop said to me you you are running like a barefoot runner with no transition um so the main the main difference between I probably should have said this first actually the, ma- the main difference between uh, the the way a barefoot runner runs and a non barefoot runner runs is where you land on the foot. Um, so I will land on my toes or my midsole if I'm if I'm really tired getting towards the end of a longer run. I'll land more midsole. Um, the start of a run I'll be very much on my toes, whereas everybody who runs yeah. in standard shoes will land on their heels and kind of roll their foot. Um, so it's a very different kind of way of, a completely different way of, of landing and pushing off again. Uh, so my heels, unless I'm really, really tired, don't touch the floor at all when I'm running. Um, and and I was naturally doing this on the treadmill. And the guy said to me, yeah, these shoes are perfect for you. You are already running as a barefoot runner. This is why the other shoes hurt you because they were forcing you to land on your heel and that was causing pain in the mid mid section of my foot um so I got rid of the expensive <coughs> running shoes uh, that I bought in the first shop and um and I switched to my, my first pair were a Merrill pair um and and off I went and I started my training I had no foot pain no joint pain uh, no nothing and it's it's been kind of for me a really really easy transition into it um about 12 months after I'd taken up running um Aishet decided he wanted in on the action uh and he already had trainers and he went out and his running was much faster and much uh easier than mine seemed to be he you know he he was getting much better results than I did much quicker and after a little bit of time uh, and me banging on about the benefits of barefoot running, he decided he wanted to make that transition as well. Uh, but for him, because he was already running the way everybody else runs, he had to do the transition process slowly and more carefully. So he went from running kind of half marathon distance down to nothing, literally running to the end of the road uh, and back again. And that was all he did one day. And then he'd have a day off have a rest day where his calves would be absolutely killing him and then he'd go out the next day and he'd go to the end of the road and back again and then maybe around the garden or something like that and built it up really really slowly but now he's yeah he's fully transitioned and he he runs barefoot as well so it's not for everybody but it's yeah that's so interesting I I I feel like I could talk to you quite a long time about this um the ages and ages ago when when barefoot running had just become a sort of a thing and there'd been quite a lot of um attention on the vivo is it vivo or vivo vivo or vivo uh I've, I've always said vivo. vivo um i think it's vivo yeah and, and i think they'd actually had to change some of their claims on their website uh no that was that was vibram that was the the makers of the five fingers 
shoes so the the shoes that look like gloves they've got the individual toes yes yeah, yeah. I, I've I've never worn those um I've always I, I did try a pair on once and they just felt really weird I know a lot of people who wear them find them absolutely amazing but um yeah, yeah they their marketing years ago didn't um didn't focus on this kind of really slow transition um and they were finding that people were um going oh right I'm going to be a barefoot runner going out and buying a pair of five fingers and they're really hurting themselves yeah um and then there was yeah there were lawsuits in America and and things like that so they had sort of made the mistake of claiming that they would make you a you know a runner who never got injured but they didn't explain what you did which was to do that very slow transition or you as a person you were naturally running like that because you hadn't you hadn't had too much experience in really cushioned shoes that you'd enjoyed so you were exactly right way Um, but I went to a talk around about that time I went to a talk and it was a lady who'd done her entire PhD on is barefoot running um better basically I mean this wasn't the title but it was along the lines of is barefoot running better than running in cushioned shoes and um, we were, you know, obviously physio- as physios, we were all like really excited. What was the conclusion going to be? You know, were we going to find out that this was the, the new thing? And actually what it came down to was, as it often does in medicine, was it depends. It depends what, <laughs> what kind of runner you are and it depends how you transition into it. And if you transition into it very, very slowly, you yeah. probably do quite well with it. But if you try to go from being a cushioned shoe wearer to a barefoot, you're going to come into problems. So it sounds like I I like to call him Bishop. Bishop. Um, <laughs> it sounds like he had to go back to sort of square one with them. But yeah, it's and I'm so I'm really kind of disappointed that you had such a negative experience with with both running shoe shops to begin with. Because again, that just kind of comes down to this ridiculous kind of I mean, if you look at all of us here sitting here, we're all runners and we're all shapes and sizes, ages. And, and it just really frustrates me that you had that experience. But so brilliant that hopefully that second shop you went into, you gave that person who served you a really yes. good lesson in, OK, don't judge anyone that walks through these yeah. doors because they might be a perfect barefoot runner. Absolutely. And that's, that's exactly what the guy said. He, um, yeah, he was, he was a lot more um, welcoming than the first shop had been uh, anyway, but he was, he was just, he just seemed very resistant to, you know, I'd Googled where can I buy Merrill shoes? And there was this one little, it was a triathlon shop. And, um, and, and I said, you know, I'm interested in trying a pair of Merrill barefoot shoes. And he's like, "Mm, have you run barefoot before? And I think it was probably more the case that he was trying to be, yeah, we're we're going back nine years almost, eight and a half years. So it was, yeah, there there wasn't the knowledge around barefoot running that there is now. Um, and I think he probably just didn't want to just go, oh yeah, here's a pair of barefoot shoes, go nuts and and have me coming back in three days going, I can't walk because my calves really hurt. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'd I'd I come from a background of, as a teenager, I was a track runner. I loved running track, but I always ran with no shoes on. I never, ever ran with shoes on as a, as a track runner um, mm. because I was faster that way. I was faster. I found it more comfortable. Um, and, you know, it drove, drove my 
PE teacher absolutely nuts at school he hated it um but I that's that's where I was that's how I was most comfortable and then having left school and not run for 10 15 years something like that um obviously my body hasn't hasn't developed this adult way of running where you you heel strike um and uh and yeah so I, I I I count myself as one of the lucky ones. I can just, I could just go into it and it was, it was perfect for me. But um, yeah, it's, it's worth, I, I would say to anybody, particularly in this nice weather, while we're all running around our back gardens, um, give it a go, take your shoes off, have a, have a go just running around with nothing on your feet um, because it's liberating. Um, just be careful. <laughs> is it best to, is it best to start with grass? Or, I mean, how would you, if you were to start barefoot running, would you start with grass or? Um, yes, yeah. So if if I was if I was starting from scratch, I would say just don't don't worry about buying special shoes or anything like that. Just take your shoes off. If there's a beach nearby, or um, or you've got some nice nice grass that doesn't have anything, you know, there's nothing hidden in it. Um, just go and just play, you know, play with the kids or play with the dog or whatever running around with no shoes on um and your feet will naturally um naturally do what they're supposed to can i just noticed that um friend and flyer has just patiently clicked the raises his hand uh <laughs> button so I, th- I think he's got a question for you em it's not actually a question um i've never seen anybody run on their toes before but at the last um jingle mile in cambridge uh, I was running with Hell's Bells and her daughter Tiger Feet, and Tiger Feet was running on her toes, and it looked so um, dainty, so different. We're, we're all running normal, if you like, whatever normal is to each other, but um, Tiger Feet was up there on her toes, and it looked really odd to see because I've never seen anybody running like that before. Um, and it's so graceful. It just looked so graceful upon her toes, uh, and that's how she ran the whole mile. And I couldn't believe it. it I wouldn't say I tried to imitate it. I didn't, but I, I did try to go up on my toes. And it's a totally running, different running experience um, to to how I run or how a lot of other people run. On, on you know, I, I think I don't heel strike. I'm more midsole now. Um, than when I started, but uh, yeah, she was up on her toes, and it's it's totally different. So I can understand, you know, how you are, how you feel uh, about that. Yeah, and you you will find it really hard to toe strike in in standard running shoes um, because they 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 won't allow your feet to do it, which is which is why I was having why I was getting such such pain in my feet um, because I was that's how I run. Um, yeah. And the, and the shoes weren't weren't allowing me to do that. I don't know what footwear she was wearing. They look like, you know, normal trainers if you mm. like running shoes. But uh, that's something I'll have to ask Girls Bells now. Then or Tiger Feet next time I see it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I had a pair of um, I think they were Skechers once, and and they had a they were pretty much like high heels, <laughs> and, and I gave up on those after about one run because it felt like someone had put ham sandwiches in in the backs of my shoes and and there was no way I could I could almost like climb over the top of them to get to my next stride so it's 
as soon as I can totally understand the, the need to transition to a different style because yeah. even that like that extra probably half a centimeter of alteration to where I was totally threw me out um, and yeah you can see how it would mess with you but and I've also uh, you made me think back to running around on the beach um, I went to to Wales a couple of summers ago, and we had a lovely game of cricket in the on on, on Barry Island Beach. Um, and I was running around barefoot then, and it just felt lovely. And, and you feel like you've been transported back to to being a kid again. So, yeah. um, but now we've got another hand up. <laughs> People are getting the hang of putting the, the little hand up icon, and it's <laughs> fifty seven and a half degrees of pain. So, uh, are you there? Yes, I was going to uh, say. When I lived in New Zealand, all the kids used to run in bare feet at, uh, at young ages. And uh, obviously, they have slightly better weather, but not a great deal than us. But it was, it was a strange thing to see when you saw kids' races, and they'd all be taking their shoes off. The only problem occurred once when they set a cross-country course under a horse chestnut tree. And the kids, the kids came around onto that straight, and all of a sudden, there was a lot of hopping about. But uh, it was a nice thing to see that they actually all got brought up with uh, with bare feet because I'm sure it was fairly good for their foot development. Yeah. The more I hear about New Zealand, the more I think it's just some sort of uh, earthly paradise, really. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've sorted out coronavirus in in a matter of seconds, it seems, and uh, they seem to do a lot of things right. But it's a long way away from anywhere else, so they can do things their own way. That's fantastic. Thanks very much, Em. That's, yeah, that's really good. Really so, interesting. No worries. Yeah, excellent. Um, and and finally, I think um, the the most patient of all we we um, is Dibble, our, our final uh, contributor. And um, you should have been having a much busier day yesterday than I'm guessing you did have. Uh, yeah, like a lot of us, um, I mean, um, a lot of us on Fetch then uh, yesterday, I'd have been running the London Marathon. And um, I don't know whether any of you saw yesterday, there's a really good documentary yesterday afternoon on the BBC. They showed a, um, they showed the highlights of the very first London Marathon, mm. uh, which was sort of fascinating to see the differences between uh, then and now. And um, it brought back memories of my first London Marathon. Um, I didn't actually do the first one in 1981, but I did do the, what must have been the 11th one in 1991. And I dug out, uh, dug out my old videotape. Oh. So I watched, the, I watched the highlights of the, of the 1991 marathon. So it's interesting to see the differences there. Um, but the four hour tape, is that telling? Or? <laughs> it, it is a four hour tape. This is the, um, there's only about three quarters of an hour highlights on it, um, along with a few other things. There was an old episode of um, Thunderbirds on there, and there was uh, some football on there as well. But I did find that eventually I found the I found it on the London Marathon. Um, but also, I guess, like a lot of you, then I've been sort of trying to tidy up stuff and clear up stuff. And so um, I actually went to the loft last week and found my London Marathon kit bag from 1991. Oh, wow. So um, this probably won't work for those of you who are listening. This is a bit of a show and tell. So <laughs> I found, so in it, it's got the original T-shirt. Still fits. It fits. It's huge. <laughs> it is actually huge. I don't know whether I was big enough. I'm much bigger. Or whether they just gave me a large T-shirt. 
<laughs> so they, I've still got the T-shirt from last time. The actual vest I wore is in there as well. It was I was running for leukemia and um, what's the other one? British Heart Foundation. I was uh, running for both. It's still got the sticker for the British Heart Foundation, which makes me think that I probably haven't washed it in 29 years. <laughs> anyway, that's, <laughs> that's an old one. Um, that's the, we've got the medal there. It's oh, okay. not actually as big as it looks in the video. It's actually, I think it's a lot smaller than... Uh, Close to the camera now. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot smaller than they give out uh, medals uh, nowadays. So I think they've reduced the sizes of the medal. Um, there's all sorts of other things. That's the... Uh, I've got the uh, number that I pinned on the front of the shirt. But they had a... There's a bit missing at the bottom because what happened then is that when you finished, they'd have a bit... They'd tear it off and that would have a barcode on it so they could scan that barcode to find where you'd finished. Because of course we didn't have uh, we didn't have chip times or anything like that in uh, those days. Oh, wow. Um, what else we've we got? So to get your results, you don't get you didn't used to get a text or anything like that. Um, to actually find your official result, you had to wait until the next day and buy. Um, was the Independent? Yeah, the Independent. You had to buy the Independent newspaper, <laughs> and you have they have twelve pages. <laughs> listing everybody's results i'm down there on page eight something like that uh finishing sixteen thousand one hundred and something we've, we've got a hand raised from from trin in spain carry so uh, yeah, yeah carry on I, I was just you're just um bringing back a lot of memories i ran london marathon in 1982 the second oh wow. second ever london marathon <laughs> And um, and it's it's kind of bringing back lots of memories from, from back in those days. But it's so 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 different to how it is now. And having to get your results in the newspaper the next in the next few days and the kit. I think I might still have a vest from a Mars London Marathon. And when it was Mars, when it was Mars, I, the one thing I do remember is when you're coming through the finish, you just give you just handed out Mars bars. Yeah, and at the end of the London Marathon, it's the last thing you want is a Mars bar. <laughs> I just remember that so vividly, and it was just like making me feel sick. But yeah, it was yeah, good memories. Thank the, you. The entire contents of my goodie bag, including the shampoo samples after my my first marathon. <laughs> but um, uh, Cora's just also brought um, something onto her her camera, which is is it a, a badge from? It was the. Um sort of London Marathon 1981 it's um, like a patch that my dad actually was supposed to run it but he was ill so he didn't oh, make the right. first one but they must have sent stuff in advance so he got the patch oh, so wow he did make it a further two times though he ran it in 86 and 88 I believe that's fantastic so wow. it's got a, a bulldog with a union jack on it yeah. and, uh, about as British as you if it had a cigar in its mouth, it does look a bit mad as well. I'll, I'll post a picture up in the gallery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, I mean, you're talking about the goodie bag, then apparently uh, the things they're giving out in the goodie bag, there's a complan, <laughs> which is a complete meal in the drink, strawberry flavour. Um, perhaps I'll try that. Um, Best before May 1992, so I think I better. <laughs> I think I ought to check that. I ought to check that by now. 
Um, I don't know why I kept that. That's one of the, uh, it's an original water bottle all the way from Ardennes. Spa was the sponsors in those days. So I've got, so that's still there. That really ought to go in the recycling. Um, these are the official in race instructions. Um, an interesting thing I did find when I was reading through the race instructions um, is that you've got to keep ahead of pace of four and a half hours. And if you, and which I think is different, I don't know what the time limit is now, but it, for then it was four and a half hours when they'd start to open up all the streets. Oh, so you had, I know it's a lot longer. Is it eight now? Eight now, yeah. It's eight now, yeah. We'll say originally in those days it was four and a half hours. Um, I mean, I managed to, I was official time, or oh, the finishing time was something like four hours 25. I mostly managed to keep ahead of it. The one thing I do remember is that the race used to go um, in front of the Thistle Hotel and in front of the um, uh, the uh, Tower of London. You have, used to have to run on these cobblestones. Yeah. And I was, I was running through, they were just getting ready to sort of, now it goes up around sort of one of the clearer roads so it can go past Fetch Point rather than go past the Tower of London. Um, but they were actually cleaning, clearing up the carpet that they put up on the cobblestones. And I think it was one of the last people to actually get through on the carpet um before before that finished so i uh, say they do clear they did used to clear it up a lot quicker than uh, that they used to um the other thing that actually is probably a lot different now is that getting sponsorship is a lot different i mean wouldn't be of interest to you but i've got a whole list of names this is my list of sponsors um. and of course the really big difference then is that you couldn't just send out an email stick out on a website and say just sponsor me you actually had to go around phone everybody up phone your friends up go and see your friends spend an hour wandering around the office to go and see everybody and say look i'm running the london marathon will you sponsor me get them to sign the form and then the week after you had to go around and say remember we signed me for the london marathon then uh, you know, <laughs> got to give you that so that was a lot more arduous uh, sort of back in back in those days wow um I found the that's this is the sort of the athletics weekly with official results, and um, it's got a bit about the sort of they, they didn't and also seen on the video they didn't really have so much about the celebrities as they do nowadays. Um, I think there was one person from Blue Peter, there was a guy from That's Life, uh, Sebastian Coe ran his first ma uh, marathon. Um, there was some TV presenter. His TV presenter with a who was very very big blonde hair was running his two hundredth marathon. Um, if oh, you don't know what I'm talking about, oh. then that's probably just as well. Um, <laughs> then um, actually, there was there was an interview with Sebastian Coe, and he was this is the thing that interests me. He was talking about how he was asked how confident are you that London's Olympic two thousand bid will be accepted. <laughs> and um he talks about um say will you use Wembley and says he says no we intend to use the Greenwich Peninsula and Silverstown which I think is somewhere down in East London um and the site in the stadium in Silverstown is again something which has been discussed in our outline plan um it could involve West Ham United Football Club our plan is for a 60,000 capacity stadium augmented to 80,000 for the games that will be only three miles away from Stratford, where the new Channel Tunnel crossing will come in. Wow. So, uh, he, well, he, he got the right, 12 years out, uh, 12 yeah. years out but he, he got that uh, nearly right. 
Um, oh, and just one last thing. That's the actual silver foil blanket that I've got from... It doesn't look as though it's been completely unfolded, so that, that sounds like it was good news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not confident that we'll run it in October. I suspect that uh, I'll end up running it on the 30th anniversary of my first race rather than the 29th anniversary, which has a bit more of a ring about it. Yeah. That's quite a nice symmetry. But the thing that I'm feeling right now is inadequate at the lack of sort of stuff that I kept from yeah. our, running our London. <laughs> I like it all. Yeah. I think, anything. I think I kept my medal. I might have my best somewhere. Yeah, I've got one of my numbers. I've, I've done it twice. I've got one of the numbers on the wall and I've got the medals. But, um, yeah. Very well done. That is. I think I'm going to have to check a lot of that stuff out. <laughs> oh, There's no. a lot of other junk in there as well. <laughs> I kept all mine. Sometime and you have to wheel it all out again. It's, yeah. it's, it's lovely yeah. to see it. You've got to put it back in the loft now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the bit. All right, well, um, I, th I think that's... Have we done everything that we're going to do? I, I think, think we, we have. have. Yeah, I think we've done everything. Yeah. So just a, a big thank you, everybody. So uh, thank you, Cora. Thank you, Biff M. Thank you, Mrs. Jiggs. Thank you, Dibble. Thank you, Trin, Autumn Leaves, and 57.5 Degrees. Uh, and Chris in the middle. I thought that was me in the middle. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this one, right. Okay, yeah. I'm the one with the hat on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, as far as I can tell, um, it's been a lot of fun, and yeah. um, hopefully it'll make for an, for an interesting podcast. Let's so. hope we've got audio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you'll all have to remember exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I'm not going out for another run, even if you have to re-record it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know what. Do you want to? So if I come to you each individually, you can each say your little sort of goodbyes or whatever. So um, Chris, let's do you first, so I don't forget you. So Fenland, <laughs> Fenland Fryer, Fryer, Flyer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want chips with that piece of fish? <laughs> Bye, everybody. Safe running and stay safe yourselves. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. And uh, Trin? Okay, it's bye from me. I've got some, just want to add some good news. Um, I don't know if you've heard on the news that um, um, people, children under under 14 or under 15 can go out now for exercise for an hour and the rumor is that from the 2nd of may as in like saturday we can actually go out um wow. to have a little bit of exercise so this time next week i could be out out there out there Yay. running Yay. Let's, hope so. let's fingers crossed for that you don't have to Bye pretend to be 14 or anything in order to get out this week. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did say to running on the spot, would I pass for under four, for under 15? But it just kind of blanked me. <laughs> okay, uh, autumn leaves. Oh, um, yeah. Bye from me. It's been it's been lovely. It's been lovely to see people, um, and uh, especially Trin. Trin's one of my training buddies um we comment on each other's training and uh it's nice to see you <laughs> um but yeah have a have just keep running everybody keep fetching we'll get through this and there are better times ahead definitely excellent uh dibble do you want to say something yeah and goodbye for me and i uh, say so hopefully having seen you all virtually it's been great and i can add you to my fetch sticker book even if we only met we've only met virtually so that, i think that counts 
So take care, everybody, and keep running, and uh, see you all soon. Yeah. 57 and a half degrees. Do you want to say something? You. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, and uh, and goodbye from a very sunny Nairn in the northeast of Scotland. The, uh, most of the time that I wasn't talking to you, it was raining on me, and every time I did talk to you, the sun came out brightly, so you must be doing uh, doing something good. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Mr. Jiggs? Oh, yes. Oh, it's been lovely seeing you all. And yes, I'm going to, I'm going to claim some of these stickers too, because there's about three I think I didn't have. So yeah, that keeps me up the top for a little bit longer. But it's been great seeing you. Good running, everybody. Have fun and just take care. Excellent. And Barefoot M? And uh, yeah. I'll check around as well. Uh, he was briefly, but he's um, he's got himself in a bit of a who squares wins situation, so he's had to go out and um, try and try and reclaim. <laughs> he claimed some cake, which appeared um, just before just before this went live, so he um, he couldn't make it. But uh, um, yeah, thanks very much. It's been it's been fantastic. It's been lovely to see Mrs. Jiggs and Trin, uh, who I've who I've met in real life. Um, at races over the years, but it's been lovely to see some put some faces to names of of other fetchies. And I haven't thought about the sticker book thing, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go and find a sticker book now. Um, but thank you very much, and uh, yeah, stay safe, and uh, hopefully meet you all one day in real life somewhere in the future. Yeah, <laughs> Let's hope so. And Cara, just to say thanks everybody for for it's just been fantastic, and again putting faces to names and actually seeing people it's it's not quite total contact but it's it's good enough it'll keep us going through and it's just been such a such good good time and you know keep keep getting out there folks and big hugs to you all oh it's lovely <laughs> yes Okay, and Katie, do you want to say yes. anything? Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. That has been really brilliant. I'm looking forward to editing it because I get to listen to it all again. And um, yes, just can't just say the same thing. What is that? It's my clock. <laughs> oh, it's a bird clock that goes off with a different bird every hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, just to say, keep safe. And um, yeah, I'd love to see you all in real life um, as soon as possible. Thank you, please. And bye from me. Yeah. And you've said it all. So thanks very much for listening, everybody. Send your contributions to podcast at petcherry.com. <laughs> all of that stuff, all the usual stuff. You, who needs Are it? Are you feeling self conscious about saying it? Yeah, I am. Well, everybody's <laughs> watching. If you could all just turn away, please. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks to everybody who's been here today and uh, thanks to all the listeners. Um, uh, one final thing I've got to remember is that we were walking the dogs down the road a couple of days ago and one of our neighbours um, oh, is yes. loading stuff into... Oh, who's got a dog? Me. Ah, Trin's dog. <laughs> um, one of our neighbours was filling a skip with, uh, with earth from his garden. Um, nothing sinister. Um, <laughs> and he said... I've been listening to your podcast. Um, so um, we, I didn't even realise that he was uh, sort of connected with running at all. That he, um, But apparently him and a friend were uh, arranging to do a 10K in May 
Um, so, and he's been listening to our podcast and it was just really weird to think that somebody that we didn't think was, was tuning in was tuning in. So there, yeah. there are people out there listening to, to this as well, remarkably. So hello, Rob. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? I hope the skip is, <laughs> is keeping you entertained. Um, and, and we'll see you next time, everybody. So thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Cheerio. Bye. 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 Bye.